Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cafecito con Conciencia. This is David Solis, and I am here with Susie Amesqua and Leonardo Rodriguez. Thank you all for, for taking the time to join us uh, and choosing to listen to Cafecito con Conciencia. Uh, I think you, you might be wondering, you know, who are these three folks, you know, on this audio behind your or on your ears, right, or whatever form method you're, you're listening to us. Um, but we're just three folks, right, trying to come together and talk about different situations that are going on in our community, right? We're trying to, we hope to engage in critical platicas, right, that revolve around education, activism, politics, ethnicity, you know, but also our goal to, to build community, right, in this new virtual world where we might not be physically together, but there's always a way for us to join one another and share our thoughts, feelings, emotions um, in order to move forward. Uh, today, right, we're we're gonna do a little we're we're gonna do a little sharing. So uh, we're this is our first part podcast. Uh, we want you all to get to know you know our members. So we'll start off with Susie. Susie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, David, thank you for that introduction. Um, so my name is Susia Mesqua. I am originally from Fillmore, California, uh, but I live in Compton. Um, so Fillmore, for a lot of people that don't know, Fillmore is in Ventura County. I usually try to describe it by Six Flags. It's the place that always has fires every August. Uh, but I I was, um, well, I come from like a background of my parents are both farm workers. So they taught me the importance of hard work. I've witnessed them work since early, waking up early in the morning and coming home late. Uh, my dad even took me, my mom and my dad took me to go work and just paid me 20 bucks for the whole day. So they definitely shaped uh, who I am and they really, um, and they really like taught me the values of life. And I really appreciate David for starting this podcast and just giving me the space to be part of it so we can uh, again, again, engage in platicas and dialogues that um, are needed in the community, and then, and what better time than right now when like there's a lot going on everywhere, right? Every, a lot of people's identities are being attacked left and right, and I feel like you know we need more spaces for us to talk about it and to do something about it. So, um, so yeah, thank you and welcome to Cafecito con Conciencia. I'm gonna throw it to Leo now. Leo, Leo. All right. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here with all of you, too. My name is Leo. Leonardo Rodriguez, but I go by Leo. I live in Reseda. I've lived here for all my life. For my 24 years, I've been alive. I graduated from CSUN with a BA in media management. Now that I'm using that towards for post-production and what I'm dedicated focusing on with that is that I will be able to provide a voice for my community through video and now being a partner on this podcast as well. It's important to be in these critical topics, discussing with others, especially in this time right now that we're living in. A fun fact about myself, um, let's see. I got one. A fun fact about all three of us is that we're actually CSUN graduates, right? So 
um, this podcast, you know, season can uh, be overlooked. A lot of people are like, oh, I got to see some, you know, oh, whatever. It's like a whatever, like any, everyone gets into CSUN, but uh, CSUN is a very pretty, amazing campus. It's like grounded in activism and social justice. So it's a fun fact about all three of us uh, that we are our former CSUN graduates. Definitely. I, I agree there. You know, I think that's, it's so interesting how three folks, you know, from the same campus, you know, are just coming together and bringing to y'all this this space, right? Where, again, we're just going to be pushing. We're, we're, I want to say that we're going to be pushing the envelope, right? Um, and, and we're going to have conversations that a lot of folks don't want to have, um, you know, and, and we're talking about, you know, we're talking about identity. We're talking about race. We're talking about, you know, nationality. We're talking about, you know, things that are happening here right in our communities and, and when i say communities it, it varies right um because as you all see you know we all come from different backgrounds right um, i was born and raised in south central um extremely proud of, of, of where i'm coming from too and a lot of people say well how do you how do you talk about you know different issues and build unity right and and i think everybody tries to just separate you know the or, or put categories into all the stuff that that's going on in, in, in different neighborhoods. But at the end of the day, I think that's exactly what brings us together, a fight for justice, right? So, yeah, I think for me, it's just, I'm glad to see, you know, different folks, you know, we're, again, we're all from different spaces and we see our communities being affected similarly, if not the same, right? So I think that's, that's the strong, the strong glue that's going to hold this together and, and definitely going to push, you know, for us to to talk to y'all, every single one of y'all about, you know, just share the perspective and, and things that are going on. So um, can y'all share a little bit about, and I know, Susie, you, you talked a little bit, you know, about your experience growing up in Ventura with your parents, you know. Do y'all mind or do are y'all comfortable with sharing a little bit about that experience, you know, just your parents and, and how that shaped and molded you, you know, and just helped you become the person that you are today? Ooh, that's a pretty deep question. I think that's like, um, I think growing up, so like uh, Fillmore, um, it's like a very like, a, it's like 99% Mexican-American farm workers and like, no, I'm lying, like 90% and then 10% white. Um, and I think growing up in a school where um, it was like, it was bad to be brown, you know, it was like, um, it was like you had, like I was growing, like there was a time in eighth grade actually, um, where there was a couple of like, you know, boys in my class and they were, the shocking part is like, they were like brown kids, you know, and I actually, um, my parents um, did this thing where they would go back and forth, you know, have have a kid and then they were able to fix their papers and then go back to Mexico uh, and then raises there. And then when stuff got, you know, she got real with like NAFTA and stuff and they couldn't afford like growing crops um, and can, like maintaining a household, then we had to come to the U.S. Uh, but coming to the U.S. and going to a school where it's like a lot of brown folks, uh, but then like the same brown folks are the ones who are like making fun of my skin color, right? I think that was um, pretty traumatic for me. So like the rest of the time that I was, you know, in high school, um, and living in Justin Fillmore, which is like a, such a small area, 
um, and just kind of like everyone knows each other. And there's not a lot of like, um, even though it's majority Mexican American, there's no sense of, there's like no one celebrating that pride. You know, no one celebrating that culture. Way different than LA, way different than South Central, way different than Compton, way different than, you know, how people in LA just like, really there's celebration everywhere, you know? So uh, definitely growing up in Fillmore did shape a lot of just, it gave, I was like, you know, ashamed of my skin color. I would, you know, shower and try to like, you know, scrub it off a little bit to see if like, if it would get a little lighter. Uh, But definitely what changed my life uh, was like, uh, going, when I went to CSUN and I went through the EOP program, right, they really taught me, uh, and taking like my first Chicana Chicano ethnic studies class, right, they really changed my life and they really just gave me some validation and just really, I started to learn more about myself and that's where I felt like the healing started, right, but I, I definitely do shout out my parents though, because even though through my experience in school like that, they always just taught me to like be proud and like, uh, and just never give up, right? Um, so definitely, they they just you know again just taught me how to how to be kind, even though when other people were being mean, you know. And I think just how to how to persevere through that. So definitely, uh, where I grew up definitely shaped who I am. And I think now it's a big big um, influence that now I'm a teacher. Um, like every day, I'm always fighting. Um, just like I'm fighting the bullies, right? But sometimes the bullies are were hurt at some point, right? So it's just like a cycle, right? It's like a crazy cycle. But uh, every day I'm just kind of making sure I'm embracing my students' um, culture and identity because I don't want them to feel how I felt when those boys bullied me, right? So definitely, um, again, it just shaped a lot of who I am today. Uh, I can agree with that. Growing up in here in Reseda, California, I would say that it's a mixture of, let's say, people from Central America, uh, Black community, Mexican community, um, white. So it's I've definitely seen that change. Predominantly now, there's more of a Mexican community presence here. But when I w- when I was going through like middle school, I would say that there was a separation between Central Americans and Mexicans. There was people who would just have arrived. Their family just came over and I would see the way that they would be treated just because they only spoke Spanish and they were new to English. So they were in those classes of English learners, but they were always treated like a second person. They weren't seen like an actual student. They were just like, oh, you'll get by. Not in, not invited to any of the events happening. They felt left out. So it builds like a little bit of a community within themselves. So I was stuck between both of them. And I would communicate between both since I could relate to both of them. So I was like that, I would say, bridge between both of the communities growing up. But when I went to like CSUN, I took on both Chicano, Chicano studies and Central American studies just because I didn't really know anything about Central America. And after going through CSUN for four years, I started to learn that I'm more leaning towards representation of Central Americans, but I'm not saying that I won't forget like my Mexican side because they both have their own history and struggles that they go through, even here in LA. That's, that's powerful right there. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, I think we, we all live in different places, you know, but our struggles is what 
bring this podcast together, right? Because I can relate, you know, and, and, and Susie, you know, you might too. You, there, there's some pieces, you know, Leo, in your story that I can relate to. And Susana, Susie también, right? It's um, the whole growing up in South Central, right? Yes, there's pride, you know, when people take pride, you know, in, in, in being Mexican and being Latino, Hispanic, right? Um, they do. But just as there's pride, there's also that that hate, you know, amongst every culture, right? And and I, I got to saw some of that. I got to see some of that, you know, in school, right? Uh, I went to Santee for the first, for my first three years, right? And it, it's interesting because in Santee, I think what they did is they just got everybody who was labeled uh, a troublemaker, right? And they just threw them in that school, right? And and within the first first few months, if not years, a riot broke out, right? And now there was this race tension between, uh, you know, not just, I'm, I'm just going to use Latino, Hispanic, right? And and uh, someone you know I, I think you two might know that I don't consider myself as one, but you know I'm just gonna use it as as that you know umbrella term for everybody else, right? Um, but you know there was just that tension between that community, and then there was that tension between the African American community, right? And that that just kept going on and on and on, right? And yeah, riots broke out left and right, um, but then also you know. Growing, growing up there and, and being in, in, in that space, also, I got to see some of that hate to, hatred between the Latino community, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm a clear example of it, you know. Estoy piretito, right? Estoy moreno, right? Darker skin, darker skin complexity. And I, had, I would have folks telling me, you know, we would play, I would play football, and I would have folks telling me, you know, just yelling, Hey, pinche güero, you know? But it's like, why would you call me güero, right? If you know that I'm not a güero, right? If I'm not light-skinned, right? Um, you know, and, and I didn't know that back then growing up. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know it. I didn't see it as a microaggression. Maybe it wasn't done intentionally. I don't know, right? But I, I think that's that's the piece, those little pieces that happen, right? And and there was other instances, you know, where it's like there, there's, there's a gathering among students and, and then... You know, um, I'm getting up to get a plate of food and, you know, the jokes start cracking up left and right. And then one of one of my my then high school classmates is throws the term charcoal. Damn, bro, what are you doing? Right. And then the jokes keep cracking up and it's like, you're just as dark as charcoal. And at that moment, I'll be honest with y'all, I froze and I was like, damn, like. Really? Like I looked at myself, you know, I went back home and I sat down and I thought about it and I'm like. That I'd really just get called charcoal, right? Um, and at that time, I was I was thinking to myself, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, is is it wrong for me to be of you know a darker skin complexity? Um, the response to that to that maestro, you know, during that time, um, and I think it's something that kind of just planted the seed about you know identifying myself as a Chicano and learning more about my history, right? Is he immediately stopped it and he said, why are you, that is not acceptable, right? And, you know, he, he went on to, to address it. But then I think what stood out to me throughout the whole time is he said, his darker skin complexity is a reflection of his ancestors, right? And, and I don't it just, it resonated, right? And it stuck with me. 
And so when, when I went to Santa Monica, you know, to Santa Monica College, I said, I'm going to take a, a history course. Right? And then that's where I took a Mexican-American course by Dr. Raul Ruiz. Right. Um, and, you know, I just it was it was the first step for me, you know, to know more about not just my Mexican-American history side here in, in the U.S., Right, but know more about myself, right? So I think like Leo through through this journey, I, w- I was in the journey. I, I think now that I reflect, sit back and reflect, I, I don't think higher ed for me was to get make a career out of a profession. I think for me, higher ed was finding myself, right, and answering that question of who am I, right? And and th- th- that's where I took it. That's where I took it, you know. And I learned more about Chicanismo. Right. I learned more about you know being Mexican um, and, and the ancestors, too. But then within that. Like Leo, right. I came across, you know, and, and this. This wall where it's like. This concept, you know, of, of, of Nepantla, right, of being stuck in between, like. Right. Y ahora sí, como dice la, la India María, right. No soy ni de aquí ni de allá, right, because. In Mexico, I I, can, I I could go to Mexico, right? But they'll call me pocho, right? Because I won't be able to speak Spanish so fluently, right? But then here, I'm not American enough, right? Because, you know, I, I don't have that characteristic. I don't have that skin complexity. I, I don't fit in. I don't fit into that norm. So I think it's interesting that we, we all see that. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. What's your take, y'all? What's interesting to me is the idea that what you mentioned, Susie, before about, you know, trying to rub when you shower, trying to rub away the darker skin complexity to try to see that lighter skin. I've definitely heard that from other people growing up, too, that it's been put into our heads of that light skin is predominant. The let's say the, the power here. If you're if you're a darker, that's inferior. It's kind of like the idea that's been put out with um, even the idea of like Barbie dolls. I don't know if you've seen that test where they show a regular Barbie doll that's considered what is white, and then the black Barbie doll is one that's considered the inferior. People lean towards the lighter skin one. Yeah, and I think that's like just like it's just crazy because like I think the three of us. Um, higher ed like you mentioned david it was more of us going to like yes we for some of us we went because like a, a older sibling went or like that's the thing to do or like our parents worked hard and our guardians worked hard and like we had to pay them back by making them proud you know i think that's a lot that's common for a lot of people from the latino community um and but i think like i was not i never imagined like i was gonna go to college to find myself you know i think and i think that's like part of the problem right like why uh i know now it's like a, there's a big push in la for like ethnic studies and um and like k through 12 you know and uh and thinking that well at least for i think for the three of us right we can say that through ethnic studies right whether it's central american studies whether it's chicano chicano studies or chicanx studies or asian american studies native american studies i think we took um, or African American studies. Uh, we took those classes 
because they connected with us, right? So I think um, just like, like, why do we got to wait until college, right? What happens to those students or like to those young people who don't make it there? And I think that's like, uh, like what you were saying, right? In, uh, and just like in South Central, there's pride. So when I come from Fillmore to like LA and I see all these like brown people, you know, like riding with their flags and like celebrating Dia de los Muertos and and I see that there's hatred between groups. I'm just like, what is going on here? You know, I'm coming from a place where no one celebrates this, you know? So I think that, and I think that's where like, if I'm, if I wasn't careful enough, that's where like stereotypes can just like, oh, because this is true about them, right? And I think that's like, you know, I, I, it's just like a lot to process, but that's like part of the issue, right? Why do we gotta wait until higher ed to learn about ourselves, you know? Um, there was a, when there was just one thing, one a quote that someone that it really stood out when uh, the was a push for ethnic studies was um, um it was uh, let me remember it was uh, when we're talking about privilege and white privilege, and someone said white privilege is uh, when I'm not gonna do justice to the quote and I'm gonna I apologize already in advance, but I think you probably heard it, but it's like white privilege is when ethnic studies uh is taught is an elected you know yeah i think i know which one you're talking about yeah i think white privilege is your history being taught as an uh as a core class and ethnic studies being taught as an elective right so sometimes yeah i've come up yeah powerful something like that (laughs) yeah very right I don't know. I think something else that, that Leo, you, you, you bring, you know, another piece of this discussion, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. I think it's just interesting because this, this initial piece, you know, was supposed to be, I think it is about us, you know, but we're diving into what we initially said would be our first, first episode, you know, which is this, this this concept of identity. And and so we're just, I think for all of y'all, you know, who, who are listening this is just scratching the surface, right? We're just we're just getting started, right? Um, with the concept of identity. Um, but Leo brings up a great another great discussion discussion, you know, and, and that's that that constant struggle battle between the Mexican community and the Central American community. Right? That's a, that's another topic, you know, that we're gonna be kind of just revealing along the way and kind of just talk talking about it but it's something that needs to be addressed right because you know in the you know in both communities there's there's these you know phrases that are so common for folks to use right and it's just reveal a lot of hate you know and i think that's Leo. i i went into into central american studies you know not being of central america not being of central american descent Right. But just to see what I myself can do to build that same bridge. Right. And in this case, help you build that same bridge between the Central American community and the Mexican community, because I think that's the important piece that that needs to be addressed. Right. In order for us to see that just as we're struggling, right, that same struggle that the Mexicanos face, the the Central Americans face as well. Right if not the same, similar struggles, right? And I think a lot of it has to do with 
the migration of Central American folks to the U.S., right? Because they experience a lot of harassment and violence, not just by the Mexican government, but by Mexican folks, right? So, uh, yeah, I think that's that bridge needs to be needs to be built, right? And and I think this is a starting point, right, to have this discussion. So. Definitely. And to all the folks listening, just know that um, what we're going to be sharing in our podcast, you know, Cafecito Con Conciencia, um, it's coming out of our experiences and what, you know, like it's not, we're not saying what we're saying is all facts, you know, it's just kind of our experience and, you know, based on our identity. So we don't speak for everybody, but we just, again, we just want to create a space uh, where we can talk about it. Um, and especially right now with a lot going on, it's just like, again, just creating a, you know, like David said, platicas about, uh, you know, centering, centering our identity and just uh, talking about the issues that are happening in our communities, right? Yeah, definitely a space where it's just our, our, our growing up in the different areas that we are and the experiences that we've had. So before we let you all go, right, before we tune out, I guess. Cafecito con conciencia, right? I think something that goes with it is what's your favorite type of coffee? Or how do you like your coffee? A ver, who wants to go first? Or favorite cafe? I don't know. A ver. To be honest, I, I, growing up, I was never really a coffee drinker at all. I always thought that I don't need that because I would see everyone around me drink coffee. Even my, like my parents and my sister, they always drink coffee. But I never saw myself as a coffee drinker. I was more like, oh, I'm just drink some orange juice in the morning. But going, going after going to like college and all that, you know, stressful and all classes, having to get that little boost to finish that paper. <laughs> uh, I definitely saw myself drinking more cold ice, ice coffee, specifically more like mocha. I think for me... Mine was more like, uh, my mom used to make them all the time. It's more like leche con café, you know? It's like 99% leche and like a little bit of coffee, you know? I think that was like uh, my favorite hands down growing up until similar to what Leo was just saying, like similar to like you're kind of forced to drink coffee because like everyone else is drinking coffee. And uh, and then for I think for me, like going to like Starbucks or going to those like shop coffee shops and all these names are so like it's just so complicated to order a coffee you know and i want to just taste like the way my mom made it so and it's like either like an upside down something or like a, a grande latte i'm just like you know but i think right now uh i'm also like a mocha lover uh but also like right now i'm just really into you know frozen coffee from dunkin donuts uh is hits the spot. Cool, cool, cool. I, I grew up around coffee, you know? My parents drink it. Back back at home, my tios drink it. You know, we're just cafeteros. Um, I like, you know, the Nescafe when it's at home. You know, there's, there's a little way for us to mix it, you know? Um, but I do want to say Cafe Cubano which is on point. So, if you ever get a chance, go visit El Felipe Cafe in Southfield. 
Noted that traffic cubano, and it's gonna get you started. So that, that's that's where I don't know that that's where the idea of of cafecito con conciencia grew up. You know, while visiting that spot. So I think it's it's just fair for me to to give Cafecito Cafe a shout out. You know, um, they have good coffee. You know, so check it out. Since you're a cafetero, maybe you can run us on an episode about how you make the perfect coffee. ¿Qué pasó? Since yeah. you said you're a cafetero, maybe you can run us on another episode about how to make the perfect coffee. Because <laughs> well, it's hard, you know? It's hard to balance it. Like <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's like how our parents make food. Le echan un poquito de esto, otro poquito de esto, y un poquito de esto, and be, voila, it's done. It's, it's... Right. But there's no measuring cups, you know, so it's like, just like eyeballing. It's just like this, and and then when I make it exactly, and then when you make it, it's like, no sabe igual. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the idea is like you can tell me the ingredients, you can tell me the measurements and all that, but it's never gonna come out the same unless you make it. I, I, I wouldn't be doing you all a favor, uh, fa uh, a favor. I wouldn't be doing you all a favor if I would give you measurements. So maybe, maybe in another episode, you know, we'll, we'll do we'll do a video, you know, where we show I show you all, you know, how I make my cafecito, and and, and that'll that'll get it started. But in the meantime, we'll just keep having these critical platicas, you know. And hope, thank you all for for joining. Thank you all for listening. Um, if you all have any questions. Feel free to send them our way. Visit our Instagram at Cafecito Con Conciencia, right? Um, and yeah, appreciate y'all. Any other words, folks? No, I definitely look forward to expanding this conversations about just anything in growing up, uh, be it current times or be it our background. Definitely important things we should have. Mm-hmm. And if there's any topics that, you know, folks want to, like, throw our way that want us to, like, you know, bring up or bring to light, just send them our way, again, to our website or to our Instagram. And thank you all for tuning in. Peace out, y'all. Adios. Nos vemos. Drink your coffee. <laughs>